What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Water Boys Podcast. As always, you are joined by your hosts, Amon and Danny. Guys, say what's up. Yo, what's up, boys. And <clears throat> I'm here too. My name is Liggett. You know, I don't like to make a big deal about it. <laughs> but it <laughs> is a gloomy Monday, President's Day. We all have off. We all enjoyed the day off. Can I, can I take that? I know Amon didn't because he lost twice uh-huh. in that. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So today we're going to be talking about. Um, the most improved player of the NBA, as well as some uh, news coming up in the NBA. And also, we're going to go over to Amon towards the end of the podcast. And Amon has a couple of trade packages uh, he would like to talk about that could happen this offseason and what it could mean to the league. So we're going to start off with the most improved player of the NBA. And a lot of players have been have made improvements since last year, right? Uh, Danny, I know you have a list for us. Uh, drop it, bro. Yo, yo, yo. So these are my top three candidates at the moment for the most improved player award. Uh, I'm not going, I, I don't have them in any particular ranking at the moment. I feel like they all deserve this award and it could go to any of them. So first off, I'm going to have to start with Christian Wood. He was my boy. He's my boy. I saw him. I saw him playing towards the end of the year with the Detroit Pistons. I played with him in 2K. I got his 2K card. He was a bucket. <laughs> <laughs> I knew he was gonna do great things. Gonna, you know, you know why? I, I drafted him in both of my fantasy leagues. I knew he was gonna do <laughs> great things. My boy started popping off last year. Towards the end of the year, he started doing great. But his season averages were 13.1 points per game, 6.3 rebounds per game, and one assist per game. That was last year on the Pistons. Uh, this year, he decided to sign with the Rockets, and now he's averaging 22 points per game. Uh, 10 rebounds per game and 1.3 assists per game. He took it to another level this year. Like you can see, he he plays with a similar play style as Anthony Davis. You could say he's not. I would say Anthony Davis is a little more guard-like, but they do have their similar attributes. And right now, the way he's playing, Christian Wood, I think, is playing at an all-star level. Uh, he's leading this Rockets team along with Victor Oladipo and John Wall. Like. When at the moment Christian Wood isn't healthy, he just got he had a ankle injury. He's getting reevaluated in like a week. But when they were playing together, they went on when they were all healthy. They went on like a seven eight game winning streak, and they were playing really mm-hmm. well. And they were ranked number one defensively in the whole league, which is kind of insane, considering how bad their defense was last year. Uh, against right, many and great teams. I do agree on this selection. Christian Wood has absolutely taken his game to the next level. I mean, he's like almost improved in every every category since last year. Points per game, uh, his uh, three point shooting, his rebounding, and his blocks per game, and you know that's what you want to see from any player really to take that. And Christian Wood has an amazing amazing story. He went undrafted in 2015, played in the G League for a while, then you know started getting noticed by a couple of teams. Really went off last year in the Pistons. And now he's gotten that role that we all would like to see um, him in. And I think it really helps having teammates like John Wall, Victor Oladipo. And I think this team has the tools to make a deep playoff run, especially with this guy at the center court. Who, who, yeah. Who's your second one? Amon, you want to say anything before I move on to the second one? No, Amon doesn't oh. need to say anything. Yeah, I lost to. twice today. He doesn't deserve to say anything. <laughs> So funny, yeah. <laughs> All right. All right. I'm, I'm Jake, come on. You want to say anything? 
Uh, Christian Wood, man. Uh, Christian Wood has made uh, huge strides the, the past couple of seasons. He's gotten a lot better, and I think it's well deserved. I think right now he's also my most improved player. Okay, so Amon has him as his number one number player. One. Dane doesn't really right. have a. Right um, I say all these players that I'm going to be talking about are well deserving of most improved player. We will right. see as this season progresses. So at number two, I have my boy Jeremy Grant. <laughs> what? What? Who's Jeremy? Jeremy Grant. Who that? He's on the fifth. Jeremy, you and Jeremy? No, Jeremy. No, bro, it's Jeremy. Uh, bro, it's well, Jeremy. Uh, We're just going to talk about it. It's the guy from Detroit. We'll just go with yes. Yeah, the, yes. the boy from yeah. Detroit, man with man Can't on a mission right now. Uh, <laughs> he's been playing great this season. Like, in the playoffs, before last season, he was playing on the Nuggets. He, uh, he doesn't have the most amazing regular season, but in the playoffs, he, he was putting on a show. He was playing really well. Especially in the last game against the Lakers, the one they lost, and the, when they lost the series, he was playing really well. And after the game, you could see LeBron and AD start talking to to him, and I think they were trying to recruit him to come over to the Lakers that next season. But he had, GM, yeah, my boy, low GM, making those moves at any moment. But he decided to get the bag. Uh, I'm not sure exactly what his contract is at the moment, but I know he secured the bag. Uh, he he took a deal with the Pistons. He's playing for the Pistons. He's having an amazing season. 23 points per game, 5.4 rebounds per game, uh, 3 assists per game. They're not the greatest team right now, but he is definitely standing out. They are 8-19, but they have shocked some teams recently. Like, they beat, they beat the Nets, they beat the Celtics, both really recently, and I think this this Pistons team have some good young talent. Like Sadiq Bay, he won Eastern Conference Player of the Week this week. Oh man, he's been that boy could not on, miss. He's been putting that on boy the show could not this, miss. this week, but Zach Levine should have won it. But um, <laughs> yeah, he's, so yeah, Jeremy Grant. I mean, nah, you got me Jeremy, Jeremy, my boy Jeremy, he's Jeremy bro. I mean, Jeremy Grant. Jeremy Grant. Yeah, I agree with what you said about him last year on the on the Nuggets. He was a really good role player, dropping 12 points off the bench and uh, three rebounds uh, and one assist. But this year, all of his stats have almost like doubled, 23 points, uh, close to uh, six rebounds and three assists. And now he's averaging 1.2 blocks per game. And his contract, um, Dan, you didn't say this, but he had... He signed a three-year, $60 million deal with... In 16 or 16? That's six zero. Six six zero. Yeah. Ooh. And I think bag. And I think he's doing really good on this business team, especially since he's like almost the only player trying not to tank. And um, consistent, consistently wise, I see him very good. Um, only thing I would say that he's struggling with is his shot selection, shooting forty three percent from the field and thirty eight percent from the three. Which is pretty good, but yeah, yeah. three point wise is pretty good, but. You know, from from um, a, like a from a forward like center player, you would like to see a little bit better percentages. Right. Yeah. 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 And it, but and considering where he was last year and how much of a more jump, like, like role, like more important role he has, I I understand why his 
his uh, percentages aren't. Uh, yeah, I mean, I understand what you mean by that. He has getting more minutes. But, you know, if you look at... And another case that you can make is that two years ago on the Thunder, he was playing 32 minutes per game, but he only averaged 13 points per game. So he's definitely making that leap, which um, is important for every basketball player. And uh, fun fact, his uncle is actually uh, Horace Grant. Yeah, I didn't know that until, like, oh, yeah, actually, today. Really? Yeah. Horace Grant. Yep. Like yep. The and his dad... Dang. Yeah, I the one did not know that either. Jordan. Yeah, I'm pretty sure his dad. His dad also played in the NBA. He was a 12th pick. Um, he played for the uh, Washington Bullets. Damn, that's pretty sick. So, athletic family. Yeah, he's got a very athletic <laughs> family. <laughs> so, uh, who you got for number three? For my third and final pick for my top three most improved player Trump candidates, rolls. we have. Jalen Brown from the Boston okay. Celtics. This man, his his stats, like, they don't seem like amazing jumps or anything, but the way he's been playing, the amount of confidence he has in his game, you could definitely see, like, that it, how it's changed. He This season, he's averaging 26 points per game, 5.6 rebounds per game, and 3.5 assists. Uh... Last season, he was averaging 20.3 points per game. He, he did decrease a little bit in rebounds, which he was at 6.4 last season, and 2.1 assists. But he has been taking a, a more offensive role this season for the Celtics with Jason Tatum and Kemba Walker facing a lot of injuries. He's been the, like the real centerpiece of the Celtics team. I don't, I don't think he's had many injuries this season, but I know <coughs> Jason Tatum and Kemba Walker have missed a good amount of games. Like He's really pushed them over the edge in a lot of games. Uh, he's He's been a, a, a literal bucket. Like uh, The one, a lot of games, Like he's he's been dropping a good amount of points. And people didn't expect him to be doing this this season. Like, in just yeah. specifically in fantasy and fantasy basketball, like, he wasn't, I don't think he was like top 50 in uh, projected picks, but now he's playing at an all-star level which is amazing to see. And that's something that I assume Celtic fans are really happy about because of to see how much he's improved over the seasons. And with their third overall pick, that's something that definitely makes him really happy. And going into the future with him and Jason Tatum, that's a, that's a dynamic duo I'm, I'm looking to see dominate in the future uh, in this Eastern Conference. Um, another thing about him is He's shooting 51% from the field goal while averaging six more points than he did last year. That is the, that is the stat for me that I'm looking at. Um, that is very impressive. And I like how he took it upon himself that he shouldn't just be known as, like, Tatum's sidekick. But he should also be able to prove that, yeah, he, I can make star. plays too. And yeah. I'm a star too. Um, he dropped 33 points against the Jazz, who have a really good defense with um, Rudy Gobert down there. You know, and it's it's always fun to see players, you know, take things personal and to just become better. You know, it's it's something that we should all try to do, you know, whether it be like in school or anything. Take it personal. Get better at something. Become the most improved in your studies. Right. And that's what this whole conversation is about. Who improved from last year? So um, all the three good picks, Danny, I personally would also include um. Colin Sexton, because, you know, he's my boy. Cleveland, young bull. 
Um, <laughs> I just feel bad that he's stuck on the Cavs. Not really no. because I'm a Cavs fan, but I just I'm just stuck. I'm just sad that this team hasn't been building off as what it started with. You know, it was such a good team starting off, and now it's falling. They're on a seven-game losing streak. Um, but I think Colin Sexton should also be up for discussion. Um, he's been taking this team literally on his back, being the only scoring source. Uh, what do you guys say? You guys agree with me? And also, so I agree, but I think Chris Boucher, uh of the Raptors, I think he, he should also be considered for this uh, award because um, he's been playing much, much better. Uh, so this season, he's averaging 13.6 points. Uh, he's shooting 52.9 from the field, uh, percent from field. And he's shooting 43.2% from three. He's averaging 6.8 rebounds uh, and one assist. It wasn't crazy, but but he's, uh, but he's averaging two blocks a game. I think right. Chris Boucher should be in this conversation. I'm pretty sure. Bosher. And he was also... Is, is it Bosher? He was also uh-huh. undrafted. So right. this that's also something I would like to talk about at, like, right now. The Raptors and their ability to take undrafted players... And turn them into amazing players like Chris Boucher, however you say it, and Fred Bosher. Okay, Chris Bosher, like Jeremy. Yeah, I'm, I'm good. I'm good at pronouncing it. Sorry, but Chris oh Chris Bosher and Fred Van Leet, both undrafted players, they're both playing amazing this season, and that's something right. you really like to see from the Raptors. Like their their front office, everyone who works with the team. They're really good at finding these talents that go unnoticed and molding them into like great players. Like also, I think OG Ananobi, he he wasn't like he wasn't like highly drafted. He was twenty third pick. He's also averaging fifteen points per game, six rebounds, two assists. Right. That's so he didn't he didn't get a lot of notice from anybody during the draft and they took him in the twenty third in the first yeah. round. So And he's been steadily improving every season and he's a really right. good role player for this team. And as Something like I would let me rephrase that. The Raptors, the Raptors, like whole like GM franchise, everyone who works for them, their whole like coaching staff, they are really good at helping these young players improve and giving them chances to like actually mm-hmm. showcase their skills and like join their squad. They uh, don't just yeah. draft these players, keep them on the bench, let their their already established players just keep going. They give them their chances. Right. And we see a lot of teams doing that oh, with, um, you know, they give their top guys, the top guns, the most chances instead of letting other teams, other players play as well. And, you know, sometimes you have a player on your team who just needs that opportunity to shine. And right. I think the Raptors, like Danny stated, does a really good job. Aman, I know I can hear you, like, screaming. Um, what you got to say, bro? <laughs> um, Like, I think um, Chris O'Shea, uh, he's Boston. been... <laughs> Bosher, okay, Bosher. Nah, I like Anyways. Boucher better. Boucher's kind of yeah, Chris Boucher sounds Bobby better, bro. Boucher. Chris Boucher. <laughs> yes, Chris Boucher, a Bosher, I think, um, has made a huge difference for this, uh, for this Raptors team. Like, even though the record doesn't show it, even though they've been awful, yeah. Chris Boucher shined, you know, outside of Pascal Siakam, who's been struggling. Kyle Lowry, who's been sort of off, you know. I think he's shining yeah. above all, and or maybe not above all, but he's shining more than others, and I think it shows yeah. uh, something about him. Also, to go along with this, Norman Powell, another great bench player for the 
uh, Raptors, a second round, second round pick, 46th overall. He's averaging 16 points per game, three rebounds, and two assists. Like second round player doing that type of stuff. Mm. That's and that just shows how well their coaching staff. Let me just say, let me just say, you only find those type of stats on two teams: the Raptors and the Spurs. The Spurs also have that ability of taking unknown players and turning them to, into greats. Yeah. Um, Especially with the Spurs, with their international talent, the the ability to yeah. take international players and bring them into this league and just like make them great. Tony Parker, Manu Ginobili, two amazing yep. examples, and that's just something yeah. you really like to see, and it's really inspiring to just never give up. Along with that, Christian Wood was never never drafted. Now he's basically all star in this league right now, so it's just really inspiring. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So. We covered our most improved players as well as some added discussion on, you know, you know, um, players who don't get the spotlight but are slowly making differences on the court. Um, so now I want to switch over to some football. Uh, Aman, he has some crazy trades for us. Aman, let me hear it, bro. I know, I know, um, I know this offseason is going to go crazy because of um, the Deshaun Watson and Carson Wentz, the entire saga that's happening right now, as well as JJ Watt who is now released. Aman, uh, let me hear your trades, dude. All right, my first trade. Uh, it's going to be Odell Beckham traded to the New England Patriots for the first-round pick from this year and the third-round pick. Um, I think this is a great trade for both sides, uh, especially for the Patriots, because they, they lack receivers and playmakers on their offense. They're only... Some of my playmakers is Edelman, who's who's almost you know he is really old and is not what yeah. he used to be. I think they I think they need someone like Odell, and I think and with the Browns right for mm-hmm. for some unknown reason Baker Mayfield plays much better without Odell on the field. I don't know why what it is, but it just I feel it just I is. feel like that is due to like the fact that he doesn't have to worry about getting the ball to Odell. You know he doesn't have to worry about okay if I don't get the ball to Odell then I'm gonna have then you know it's some it's not like he doesn't have a what do you say a no not the pressure um i can't think of the word right now but that duty to have to pass on the ball right he can pass to anyone he wants when odell isn't on the field but i personally don't like this trade i'm gonna be straight up with you i think odell should stick with the um browns i don't think because think about it if you're giving up if the if the patriots are giving up their um first pick right the uh, first round pick like you said they're not going to be able to pick a quarterback that they want. Like, I know, because um, think about it. Cam Newton last year, he played terrible. He had more interceptions than touchdowns thrown. And he, he, he wasn't playing the quarterback position at all, if I'm being frankly. He was what everyone thought Lamar Jackson was going to be. Um, and that's just the plain way to keep it. But I don't think this trade would work out for both sides. I think Odell is going to be better on the... Caval, uh, not the Cavaliers. Gosh, the Browns. Transferring sports going to the Cleveland Cavaliers. Bring them. To Yo, the he ship. can look at dunk though. <laughs> but I think Odell should stick on the uh, Browns, or worst case, if they need to trade him, send him to the Packers. Well, so here's the thing. So recently, I saw I saw a report where the Patriots are, are expecting Jared Stidham to, to be the quarterback this year. That's what I saw. Yeah, but again, they said that they said that last year, and what happened? I think um, I think they got what's gonna happen. Yeah, but 
Cam, um, it was still supposed to be an open uh, QB competition uh, during training camp. But and think, I don't know how think about it though. Know. Think about it. Who's available at, at fifteen? Trey Lance. I think Trey Lance is, is gone before fifteen. You think they're gonna trade Jones up? Matt Jones. Yeah, mm. I think he would be a perfect fit for the uh, Patriots. A he's a good quarterback. Passer. Yep, he's a good pocket passer who can you know. Who works well um, in the pocket, and I, I'm pretty sure with Belichick's training, he can. Because um, think about it, like, okay, let let me just say something. When we saw the reason why Cam Newton did not work with the Belichick, um, the whole thing is is because Belichick never played with the quarterback like Cam Newton. Not because Cam Newton's great; it's because his play style is just completely different. Newton. He's been playing with Tom Brady all these years who doesn't go out of the pocket. He's so used to making plays for him that it's supposed to be him standing in the pocket and firing downfield. And now, all of a sudden, he has a game plan for a guy who likes to run it and, you know, run it on the goal line. So, I think that's why they didn't work. But if you get him a guy like Mac Jones, then, dude, I think they're going to be back to their glory days and going to go to the playoffs. See, the problem is they don't have any weapons on the team. Zero. There was no one that they that, that they could they go to on a on a tough situation. Like they have no one. They have Edelman, sure, but it's always injured and he's still old now. So I think I I think I like I know where you're coming from. I I, I agree with that, like mostly. But I think it, it can go both ways. It can go either way. You gotta say right. There's yeah. a lot of things about the NFL. So who you got in, uh, what's your second trade package? I have, uh, Zach Ertz and Andre Dillard. Uh, going, oh, oh sorry. Zach Ertz, Andre Dillard, and the third round pick from this year. Uh, going to the for Seahawks. The Eagles, right? For the Eagles, right. Uh, yeah. Uh, and they're going to the Seahawks for Shaquille Griffin, the corner, and their second round pick from this year. Um... I think this is a great, a great trade for both sides. I think this trade uh, works out well for both because the Eagles get that the second outside corner opposite to Darius Slay. Uh, Shaquille Griffin is, is young, he and is and is very good. Uh, I like him, and I think uh, and and the Russell Wilson gets his franchise tight end, and he gets a lineman in Andre Dillard, who's who's still questionable. Cause he, cause he's, cause he's, he didn't play but the pass. Flashes of greatness and right, good. right. So I, I think that's why the Seahawks would accept this trade, cause they get uh, a franchise tight end and they get a a good tight end, a good tackle when healthy. So I think this trade uh, affects both both teams. So yeah. I don't know about this one, dude. If I'm being honest, I feel like the Eagles will be giving up too much in Zach Ertz and Andre Dillard. Maybe if they just give up um, Zach Ertz. And uh, I don't know. I just, I'm not liking this one because, I, like I said, they're giving up too much in a third rounder as well. Maybe if, they, if the trade was Andre Dillard and a third rounder for Shaquille Griffin and a second rounder, I'd probably like it a bit more. See, um, the problem is... The Seahawks are not going to give up Shaquille Griffin that easily because they love him, right? And right. in recent years, he's really come on. I think he's been like a top 10, arguably top 10, top 15 corner. And 
he's the best corner on the defense by far. So I, I, I think that's why, like, I know that they're overpaying for sure, but I think they have to do that to get rid of Zach Curtis' contract, you know? I think at this point you have to overpay. It, it's just not going to happen if you don't, because I think to get the second rounder and Shaquille Griffin, they got to give up the third round. And yeah, but I see where you're coming from. They are playing indeed, but I think they have to do that to to uh, make this trade happen. So yeah. All right. Yeah, I mean, I I do I I do think that the Eagles will move on from um, Zach Ertz this uh, off season because there's been rumors about him, and Colts are also making some calls. The Eagles, so I do definitely see them, you know, moving on from him. But who knows what will happen? So uh, who you got for um, the third? Not next, who you got, but um, who you got. I have Julio Jones going to the Baltimore the Baltimore Ravens for their first round pick from this year, and Miles Boykin, the receiver for the Ravens. Um, so in this trade, right? Yep. The Falcons are giving up Julio Jones to to, to the Ravens, and I think. The Ravens are not going to pay more than a first rounder just because Julio Jones has been kind of injury prone the past few years in his career, right? And the Falcons are getting back Miles Boykin, who's shown flashes of being good, but hasn't been good. I think Miles Boykin is basically a project, you know? Uh, if they can double up him, he'll be, he'll be amazing. But I think this trade. I think it's a I think it's a pretty good trade for both sides. What do you think? Um, I can see that happening because uh, I mean I don't know if I see it happening, but I think this is a good trade. We'll go with that because okay. the 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 Falcons, if they were to get rid of Julio Jones, I think this is the probably the best part where they could get rid of him. Um, getting a younger wide receiver to go along with Calvin Ridley. And maybe getting a, another quarterback in the draft, maybe, and um, building up a core, uh, another wide receiver. Let me pull up um, Miles Boykin's stats real quick. But and also, yeah, go ahead. Also, adding on to that, giving Calvin Ridley's like the keys to like their wide receiver offense, yeah. I think that could really improve his game. He's he was playing amazing alongside Julio Jones, and also mm-hmm. at the beginning of the fantasy playoffs which was around week 14 week 15 julio jones was out uh and then calvin ridley had like two back-to-back 100 yard games and you could see without calvin uh without julio jones calvin ridley really performs and yeah and i agree on that like a whole year yeah Yeah, i I like that analogy giving him the keys to to the kingdom um that'd be that's a really good analogy not gonna lie i like that a lot um but Boykins, he's a, a you know a red zone threat. He has four touchdowns this year and three last year, only on 13 catches and 19 catches. So it's pretty impressive. And I think if you can really build on this guy, it's be a really good pick uh, pick up for the Falcons. But on the other side, you flip the coin, you look at um, the Ravens. This would be great for them. They finally get that receiver that they've been um, dying for, and um. It just be that that would make them instant instant contenders. I can't speak for some reason, um, but yeah, it would make them instant contenders. And th- this is a good trade, Amon. I like this one. So it's so basically right. So 
So, Bob, Miles Boykin, he's six yeah. four. So he has the he has the Julio Jones build, sort of. Like he like he's, he's a big receiver. He's a red zone threat, as you said. So I think uh, so. I'll pick Miles Boykin because it's sort of like Julio, even though he's not nearly as talented or good as him. But I think if we can develop him, he could easily be like a like an eight touchdown, like a maybe ten touchdown receiver per year guy. I think he'll be uh, very useful for the Falcons. Yeah, and but again, that also it's like a fifty-fifty ball. You know, yeah. it's either if he if he decides to become great or if he just decides to stay the same way he is. But yeah, yeah, um, that's the thing with Miles Boykins, man, and the uh, Julio Jones trade. Um, so I know you got two more, right? Yep, two more. Right, and I I, I want to hear this one next because it involves Deshaun Watson and a lot of speculation happening. So, uh, what's gonna happen, Amon, with Julio? Yes, sir. What's your what's your thing? So we got what's gonna happen? So we got Deshaun Watson. Going to the right. Carolina Panthers for Teddy B. Mm. Uh, the first round pick from this year, they're seventh overall, all right. Uh, the, yeah. Their second round pick from this year. Next year's first round uh, and next year's second round. And then 2023's second round. I know it's a lot for Deshaun Watson. They're definitely overpaying. I'm not going to deny that. But at this point, I think every team is going to overpay for Deshaun Watson. Just because of the Matt Stafford play, uh, uh, trade where they gave them two first-rounders, I think that's why this, this trade has, is going to be overpaid for Sean Watson. But I, I think... I like it. I like it for the Panthers because yeah. that puts them as contenders. Uh, they're uh, definitely contenders. Close, yeah. yeah. Close, yeah. Yeah, close to contenders. No. I, I could just see them improving if they, uh, DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson improve a little bit. I could definitely see them mm-hmm. as contenders because their defense isn't amazing. They have some good, they have some good talent, but their offense would just be elite. Right. So that's Bro, why. someone get Danny some water because he's on fire with these picks today. Um, yes, sir. I totally agree with that, Danny. Um, they could be in, in some contenders. I mean, think about it: Deshaun Watson, Christian McCaffrey, and DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson. The tools to really Jeez. prove himself. Like this is. Basically giving him the position that Mahomes was put in, except with not as great tools. You know, if they if the Panthers get a really good tight end, um, this draft or this off season, that'd be very helpful to sell his case. Um, but I like this. And speaking of overpaying, I don't think you're over. I mean, I do see you're overpaying, but <laughs> it is Deshaun Watson. So you're 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 getting a once in a generational type of talent and also deshaun watson i could see him becoming a top five qb given the like actual oh yeah like, no, no no easily bro with this kind of talent heck he might be a top three qb this year you know like that is, this is i could, I could e- easily see that happening like, because before with the tech in, texans he literally had he lost everything he had he had deandre hopkins and he just Lost it. He just lost right. it. Like that was the only thing he really had and, with that offense. So right, and it was, a, it was like a this past season, he was like a top seven, top six quarterback with nothing right. around him. So I think with the Panthers, it's gonna like be a lot better. So yeah, I agree. Also, like the amazing like uh, receiving ability of CMC, like that will also mm. really be helpful for Deshaun Watson because they again, really had a good like that kind of a running back. I would like to say one thing. 
yeah, he's having all these tools. Yeah, but it also involves with the coaching. Matt Rule has made his transition to the NFL. Um, I wouldn't say it has been the greatest um, transition, right? But I think if he steps it up this year as a coach, as a coach, then yeah. this team – because think about it. The only reason Mahomes is doing good, guys, is because Andy he, has, he has Andy Reid. He has all the te- tools. The same with Tom Brady. The reason he's able to win a Super Bowl is because he had all the tools and a coach. Panthers were 5-11 and 11 last season. Yeah, McCaffrey wasn't out, but McCaffrey can't do everything, can he? The Panthers did start off pretty well, but they just lost it all. <laughs> and also, but, guys, remember, remember uh, their offensive coordinator, right? Joe Brady. Yeah. He, that, that was, uh, I think that was uh, the passing coordinator for the LSU. Uh, the LSU yeah. football team with Joe, Bra- uh, right. with, uh, Joe Burrow. When when mm-hmm. Burrow like threw for like yeah. like sixty touchdowns and stuff, yeah, like that was all Joe Brady's work. So I think he can really double up Deshaun Watson to take that next step to be that the elite elite quarterback. So yeah, yeah, yeah. and then after they get Deshaun Watson, um, if they slowly build up their you know um, defense, then I think this team is gonna be right with you know the powerhouses of the NFL. And contend. All right, now, I hate to say this last one because I know it's going to break my heart because <sighs> of how much I love this man. Amon, who is your last? Um, so, sadly, we have Carson Wentz mm-hmm. and the Eagles' third-round pick from this season going to the Indianapolis Colts for their first-round pick for this year. And Bobby Okereke, is that going to say uh, well, anyway, Bobby Okereke, <laughs> he was a, a linebacker for the for the Colts, right? Mm-hmm. And he's only 24. Uh, yeah, he, he's only 24. He's very young. Yeah. And he was amazing the past few seasons, right? Okay, here are the stats. So, last season, he combined for 72 total, total tackles. And he had one interception. Okay. And you gotta remember, he's playing aside Darius Leonard. Darius Leonard and he's still able to put up stats like this. So I think when he's with the Eagles, right? If he gets traded here, I think he'll have a breakout season. A huge season. Because he will by far be the best linebacker on, on the Eagles. Unless a draft by the Parsons, but I think he'll be the best uh player on the Eagles and or best linebacker on the Eagles. And I think uh, this and I think fits both uh, both teams really well. Yeah, I mean, if they're gonna trade Wentz, I I don't think they should trade for another quarterback, like you said. I think they should, you know, trade for a defensive player. Um, Bobby, or I don't know how to say his name. I'm just gonna call him Bobby. Um, the big Bob over here. He has 72 tackles last season. Um, he had one interception, which is pretty impressive. And I think him, Alex Singleton, who had a I, I like Alex Singleton. Let me just say that. This I guy do. is a dog. Um, yeah. Um, I think with those two combined, you can probably start seeing that Philadelphia defense, you know? Once again, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of losing my thought right now, just looking at all these stats and thinking about the possibilities. Um, but yeah, I mean, 
Yeah. <laughs> Bobby mm. O'Kirke, last yes, last year he played with uh Darius Leonard and you know Patrick uh I mean not Patrick <laughs> Kari Willis and you know he made a pretty good name for himself, I would say. Um I think right. his best game was against the Browns last season when he had ten tackles, uh an interception as well. And Alex Hamilton last year, we all know how well he played, one hundred and twenty tackles. Pick six against the I guess the Niners team. Yeah, that, that was pick six really <laughs> turned Mm, I love them. And, and um, a lot of people like. So okay, Amon knows this, and Amon tells this to me every single time. For those who was listening, um, Amon almost said, "Dude, these Eagles players, man, they're so underrated, man." And to some extent, he's he's true because um, last season, um, Alex Singleton went on like a huge run, uh, like a powerhouse run almost from November first to November um twentieth. He he was almost averaging level eleven. Tackles per game. I can't speak today. Um, he had 16 against the Giants, which is career high. Um, and you know that's impressive for those who don't know. That's like almost 66 tackles he had in that span from November 1st to December 20th. And to end the season, he had 14 tackles. So he is a really good player. I swear, if the Eagles ruin his career like they did with Carson Wentz, I'm gonna be upset because he's a really good guy, really good player. The causes he supports, everything. So really good. Um, so that will be all for today, guys. Uh, I know we took a little bit more than we normally do with the um, podcast episodes, but I hope you enjoyed this one. It is a very gloomy uh, <laughs> Monday and President's Day. We all had off, so we just had to take some more time. Tune in again on Wednesday for more coverage, and we probably have something um, planned for that day. And like we started last week, we're going to have someone. We're going to shout out someone, not have someone. We're going to shout out someone who is following our Spotify um, podcast. And if you haven't already, make sure you follow that on Spotify. Search up Waterboys Podcast. It should be the one with Daniel Richard underneath. Um, And then if you haven't already, also go and switch over to Instagram and follow our Insta at Waterboys underscore podcast. We're trying to hit 100 by the end of the month. We're so close. Be that 100th person. Come on. And today's sure. shout-out goes to Eddie, Danny's friend. Danny, give him Eddie. a shout-out. Yes, sir, my boy Eddie. Always talking about how he's watching the podcast. You know, we got to shout him out. Yes, sir. And we thank you for your um, dedication and for listening in. We appreciate it for encouraging us. Um, encouraging us. I don't know how to say it. And, uh, yeah, <laughs> thank you all for joining in. Have a great week and get better every day. That's the motivation. Sure. Peace. Peace. Peace.